Hey, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Cassidy Travel live tonight uh, across social media, Twitter, YouTube, etc. Michael McQuaid joined by Colm Cronin. Colm, um, just the two of us, I guess we, we, we can make it if we try tonight. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Mark's uh, puns there. Yes, uh, Michael, and uh, happy Halloween. Happy Bank Holiday, I, I hear to you as well. This is fun. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's well, let, let's just put it out there. We, we were both in London for the last five, four or five days. So how are you feeling, you know, apart from the game? Are, are, are you ready to go? Are you ready, did you get, did you catch much of the action last night? Did you have to, did you have to rewatch it? So for people listening in the podcast, I caught the late schedule live and I had to sit back this morning and watch the, uh, the early schedule but um it's always annoying when you have to go back isn't it i know it's first world problems Colin, but it's always fun having to do that yeah i uh caught a lot of the kind of first uh the early games and none of the the late games so ended up um catching up on those earlier on today um which w- had the the backdrop of uh going on hour five of uh, fireworks uh, they started here at 4 p.m i am hoping that uh, this is the culmination they started here in august so they fireworks have been going on for longer than the nfl season and hoping tonight is the uh, culmination maybe they're celebrating aj brown's three touchdowns uh, obviously very happy Halloween to everyone listening I'm presuming you haven't had any trick-or-treaters annoy you tonight and if the door does ring in the next half an hour because I know your office is right at your window beside your door yeah. you're not going to answer no uh, no, uh, we've had we have had loads, which has um, been been fun and fair play to um, both the the parents and the kids in terms of some of the effort on some of the costumes. <laughs> Truly phenomenal. But uh, I think maybe at nine o'clock we might be safe. <laughs> Let's jump into the games from Sunday. Uh, first off, Broncos column uh, in London. We were obviously at the game yesterday um, in Wembley. I think it was, our, it was both our first time doing media in Wembley, so it was interesting to see because I've been to obviously football games, soccer games, etc. At, at Wembley, um, a different experience going to an NFL game, albeit in that capacity. And um, the game sort of came alive at the end. Uh, I would say. I mean, I'm trying to look at this from a neutral standpoint here. It probably wasn't the best of games, but it did end well. It was entertaining at that point, and it was an it was another close game. The Saints Vikings was close. The Giants against the Packers was a really really good game. And in this situation, uh, the Broncos get a score late in the game, and uh, and honestly, they they get away over the line against the Jags. I mean, it wasn't the best performance, but uh, they get a win, and they um, arguably save Nathaniel Hackett's job slash career for another week am i being rude saying that or what's your thoughts on that uh yeah it, it felt a lot to be honest like that saints vikings game in london where it kind of came alive a little bit to, towards the end and obviously latavius murray getting a touchdown which he also did for for the saints so uh, a couple of parallels there i i think for a tale of two halves almost in, in some ways because the, the Broncos started out so poorly, Michael. I mean, Russell Wilson could have been picked off on the very first play of the game. He obviously got picked off just very soon after that. And for a, a, a long time, it looked like the, the Jags, you know, were in the ascendancy. Ultimately, a very strange play call. I felt on the, I don't know why they didn't just run it up the gut um, on Justin Simmons, when he intercepted Lawrence, I just thought that was made to to run the ball. And that was a point where the Broncos were really on the back foot. They'd given away so many penalties. And uh, I think if the the Jags had scored there, who knows how it might have played out. But Simmons came up with a really important pick. And uh, then the Broncos managed to drive down the field. Jerry Judy um, looked, you know, more like... a, a to WRWR who went in the first round and Greg Dulcich came up big for the Broncos in the third but yeah I mean look this the the Broncos offense still has a long long way to go um there are still significant issues on that O-line on the interior of the O-line the Broncos probably got lucky in some ways and you hate to see players get injured but if Lloyd Cushenberry had remained in there um I mean think about that the the center um got done uh with a foot with a false start the guy who controls the start got done 
for a false start. That um, tells you how how well he was doing. Graham Glasgow came in and, and made a huge difference. I think for for the the Jags, the the concern, and again, look, I um, you know, we're gonna have to see how it develops, but there have to be some concerns at this point around Trevor Lawrence because the generational talent has has yet to to have a full game where he's really put it all, all together. He absolutely flashes and there are moments and in mitigation of him, he's in a new system and you would have to say the weapons around him aren't stellar. And look, we have seen QBs take a jump when they get a really really good weapon around them and perhaps that is what the the Jags need but he needs to stop making the same mistakes that um is what we were I think hearing from Jags fans and media after the game it was really yeah it was it was really interesting to see Lawrence because there was a couple of points in the game where you thought that the Jags had this by the 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 metaphorical horns they just had to grasp onto it and just take the game. Um, for example, I think you're talking there now, but but just Lawrence's play in general, the the play where Justin Simmons intercepts it, like that should have been a 14 zip ball game at that point. And who knows what would have happened then? The crowd could have completely turned. There was a lot of orange in the crowd yesterday. Could have completely turned towards the end column. The Jags had their chances, uh, and we've seen at the end what happened. The the interception again, um. Just, just lots of mistakes, and this, this was a team that again made mistakes last week against the Giants, and were punished then, and they were punished again yesterday. Um, Latavius Murray making uh, a record; he's the first ever running back to score a touchdown for two separate teams in London in, in the same season. Um, I guess you know at, at the end of the day, this is the end of the uh, the London game for the year. We've got Munich coming up uh, in about a week and a bit uh, two weeks just under two weeks to munich um have you been impressed with the london games this year i've really enjoyed them like i think all games have been fun but more so it's just great to have three games back and uh they flew in very quickly didn't they yeah i know they they did and they in fairness kind of three games that came right down to the end in each of them which is what all you can really ask for it was interesting to be back at Wembley for an NFL game and it does it's obviously a historic venue and everything that goes with it but it does highlight just the how good a job Spurs have done on their new stadium and making that you know fantastic for for both football and um for the the NFL because it is just incredibly suited to it. it for me going to Spurs and being at an NFL stadium in the US, it's the stadium part is equally as good. The fan experience, obviously, with tailgating and stuff is very different, but in terms of the field, what you can see, the the views and how it's all set up, it is, it's the equal of uh, of stadium stateside. Yeah, I, I never thought that. Everyone always said about Wembley and stuff, and now I actually agree with them. Tottenham's a better stadium for the NFL. I had a great day yesterday and met a lot of people from Ireland over the last few days. A lot of people that listen to this podcast, met people in the airport this morning, going from Gatwick to Belfast that listen to the podcast, listen to you as well, Colin, on different things as well. So it's fun. Uh, one thing I'll say just to finish up on this Broncos Jaguars game, because it is relevant because tomorrow is the trade deadline. It's in Keith has put a question in there. Do get some questions in folks and uh, if it's a relation to the game, we'll either get them during or probably at the end, to be honest. Um, he's asked about Bradley Chubb. Um, where do you think he's going to end up? Because we've seen it was the, the 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 Dolphins are one team interested in him. It's going to take. I mean, if you're the Broncos, Colin, you're going to want to try and get a first rounder. You can see people arguing, we'll try and get two second rounders because that's when you're going to try and get some sort of value in the draft next year. Broncos don't have any decent picks next year or the year after, so um, I can see why they're trying to do it. But he's being shopped, but but they're not shopping a wide receiver as we go through tomorrow. Well, the the talk, I suppose, has been they they may look to to move Chaban if if they get the the right offer for him. And as you said, like right now, the Broncos are down in terms of the draft picks. And look, their their draft picks th- this year's draft picks contributed hugely yesterday. They wouldn't have won that game. Nick Benito 
had a, a, a sack and a half um, over the past couple of games. Greg Dulcich was a huge yesterday. He was fantastic. And um, Mattis was uh, really important as well. He's been starting cornerback for the past three games. So the Broncos, I think, need to get some picks back. That's why they're looking at Chubb. Obviously, look, given where the Broncos took Chubb and now he's playing up to that level, I think there will be some disappointment amongst Broncos fans. But I think if they were to get a first for him, that would certainly be be tempered. Any team with serious aspirations to make a deep playoff run needs an elite pass rush. And Bradley Chubb certainly would bring that. I think for Bradley Chubb, he's probably suffered a little bit like Von Miller playing on teams that just weren't in the lead. Like that's when pass rushers come into their own playing opposition where they have to throw the ball. Uh, I think whoever, if he does get traded and the Broncos get a decent price, whoever gets him will be getting a, a very, very good player. Yeah, check out Twitter tomorrow or Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this. Tuesday is the deadline. Uh, you can check out the Irish NFL show on Twitter and Instagram for any updates in relation. That is probably one of the big moves. And it could even happen while we record live here. Let's see. Um, one game that we missed live, column because of the uh, travel to the air, to the Aeroporto last night. That was good fun. Uh, was the Panthers and the Falcons. And I watched this back. Wow. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I actually feel a bit bad for DJ Moore. Uh, confirmed today now that uh, PJ Walker is the starting quarterback going forward for the Panthers. Baker Mayfield has accepted the backup role. Falcons uh, get the win, move to 4-4 four and four in the season, lead the division. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this game for half an hour, couldn't we? I mean, Foreman leading rusher on the day, great, great day. DJ Moore outside of the result for the Panthers, 152 yards received. Like that is ridiculous, and um, great, great game. Yeah, uh, it, it really was, and uh, I think a testament to uh, look Arthur Smith and the job he's done. We've talked about that on the show before previously a little bit in terms of you know a lot of people, um, you know, including uh, mo- most of us, didn't think the Falcons would have the record that they have and the fact that they have continued to to impress. But the Panthers look absolutely revitalized, having moved Matt Rule and, and his staff on. And yeah, they could have, should have won this game yesterday. Obviously, a lot of talk on uh, today about the penalty and whether it should have been a penalty and should players um, be allowed to, to celebrate, etc., etc. And so, the, the I suppose... I mean, it depends. The the talk has been that, you know, technically it shouldn't have been a penalty because he was off the field, but equally it's in the aftermath of scoring a touchdown. I think it comes down to refereeing in interpretation. Um, so I, I like when you consider this, right? We talked about this on, on the show a couple of weeks ago. PJ Walker in the space of three weeks, right? Um, he had a game where he didn't throw a pass downfield further than one yard, right? One yard was the furthest he threw downfield. And on that pass last night, that was the longest recorded pass. So going back um, to when they started recording this, that is the longest downfield pass. And it was a it was an amazing pass. It was a fantastic, it wasn't a Hail Mary, it was it was just brilliantly put in there. So I can understand, and given the time left on the game, I can understand the enthusiasm uh to uh you know to celebrate. It it was interesting because it brought out so much, Michael. You had obviously fans of both teams debating it you had the rest of the league debating it you had wide receivers coming out in support of more and blaming the kicker and saying the kicker should have just done his job then you had Lawrence Tynes and the kickers union coming out in support of kickers and saying hey uh, you know it, this was a gimme and then he, he messed it up so yeah, it, it, look, it all comes down to interpretation. And this is one of the areas around the league where we know that this is the type of thing that comes up again and again, right? What is a catch? What is excessive celebration? What is taunting? As we'll probably talk about later when it comes to the 49ers Rams game. This comes up time and time again. Does the NFL like the fact that we all spend the day after talking about it? 
Well, the play itself, when it was 34-28, the pass from PJ Walker was just... I don't want to say it was elite, but it was... If Aaron Rodgers done it, we'd all be going mad. Two lads on DJ Moore. And he got away. And frankly, I have no issue with the celebration. I thought it was great crack. If somebody does it in football, or soccer, sorry, nobody really cares. It's a bit of crack. You might get booked. But, you know, that's it. I... I don't know. I think for, for both teams, for a start for the Falcons, the fact that they're now leading the division is... It's incredible because Tampa Bay, I don't want to be the lad to say it because they played on Thursday night and we haven't talked about this. We talked about it in person on Friday when we said about Tom Brady and stuff, but Atlanta could go on a run here. If they win, if Atlanta were to win four out of the next seven games, right? All right, hell, four out of the next eight, okay? They're sitting with a chance a real chance, especially in that division. For the Panthers, I look at PJ Walker and the way in which he played yesterday and think, we've got a quarterback here. He was, well, he was what, the third string at one point in this team when he had Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. And now, look, all this all this uh, money picks wasted in the two quarterbacks I just mentioned and then PJ sitting there, happy days. Um, I'd love to see it work out for him. I think they're, you know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you fire a coach isn't it? Like, suddenly it just, like last week it bounced back, albeit we've seen the sort of team they were playing against with uh, Brady in the box, but um, just a really, really good game. I I, I feel like we, we, that we need all four of us in here for the whole argument in regards to the celebration. I think we need to have a discussion at the end of the season um, in regards to celebrations, taunting, different things. I think it's honestly quite soft at times, and it takes away from the game. It doesn't make it as enjoyable to watch. And I think that's the issue. I mean, can you see it being changed in, in the off season or, or do you think it's a, a topic for us to discuss in March when we're, we're scraping the barrel? Well, we can certainly talk about it. I, I don't think it'll get changed. Uh, I think that is um, the, the league's prerogative and that's how they approach it. And we ha- we've seen in the same way, Michael, around the, the rough and the bass, different refs will interpret it differently. But ultimately, the way the NFL sees it is it wants to prevent it because it feels that it might lead to, to fights and they're worried about um, the impact of that i you know i i think yeah sometimes it is absolutely the refereeing is excessive rather than the the celebrations but we know in which the the way look rule changes require agreement amongst the ownership group so i i wouldn't hold my breath on it changing let's jump on cmc and the niners um wow wow (laughs) passing touchdown receiving touchdown rushing touchdown um, I mean bo- both. I mean the Panthers, in terms of their picks, have benefited from this move. But pe- there were there was literally people in San Francisco that were saying that the Niners didn't need to upgrade or look at their running back position. They had too many injuries or needs elsewhere. I mean they're starting to look like idiots because he was unbelievable yesterday. But he brings a different dynamic to this Niners team. Call he he completely changes the game for them as far as I'm concerned. For the Rams. I'm, it's it's a situation where we're, we're, we're going into this point of the season where you need to start performing. Matthew Stafford, I mean, 22 of 33. They really, really struggled on the run yesterday and that, that was their biggest downfall. They need to find a way to exploit that very quickly or else they're going to struggle down the stretch. I still feel that even at, even if they're sitting at three and four, they can try and get a run going. The Niners, um, the Niners because of the point that they brought in McCaffrey and the, and the depth that they have. And for all we for all that has been said about Jimmy Garoppolo column on this broadcast, um, there were there were moments last night that he looked absolutely unbelievable. Was it the pass to uh, who was it? The pass to George Kittle, I think, for the touchdown. If I'm correct, that was as good a throw as I've seen in the NFL all season. It was incredible. What a performance for the Niners going. I mean, look, it's a, it's a de facto home game, isn't it? Going down there. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, the 49ers generally own the Rams. And I mean, the 49ers would have been in the Super Bowl last year if Tart hadn't dropped one of the easiest interceptions you're you're ever likely to see. Um, you need luck, at, obviously, to be Super Bowl champions, but the, the Rams had a, a significant amount of it in, in that game uh, last year. For the Rams, problems on the O-line, which that impacts everything. Um, the Stafford... The injuries and the in, the inability of the O line to give him protection. Cooper Cup now has an ankle injury. He was the one piece on offense that was really performing. Why was he still on? Why was he still on at the end? Because because he's the only thing I think they have, and and they're they're you, you know teams never want to even at never that scoreline call was it fair, well, it was thirty one fourteen at that point, wasn't it? Like I mean, okay, but, granted they get well, you know, they, they couldn't they could even come back. Teams just never want to give up, I think. And somebody like Cooper Cup never never wants to give up. But the issue for the, I suppose, the, the Rams the, on, on defense as well is that they, they're just not the same. We talked about it a little last week in terms of Aaron Donald and, you know, teams are now able to, to double team him. And there's nothing else to, to get by. I, I will say, Michael, there's a reason um, that the 49ers traded for um, Christian McCaffrey. And it's because Jimmy Garoppolo was never going to carry them. And Christian McCaffrey is such a dynamic player, offers you so much. Uh, and I saw uh, an amazing uh, tweet earlier from Mason Dodd, who said, as a passer, uh, Christian McCaffrey outscored Derek Carr. As a rusher, he outscored Jonathan Taylor. And as a receiver, he outscored Justin Jefferson yesterday. Uh, what a performance from Christian McCaffrey. I, the performance from Christian McCaffrey yesterday was stunning. I recorded a segment yesterday for a company and I said that I thought that Saquon Barkley could be the offensive player of the year. But as it stands, if he continues to perform, he had a great, he had a, he had a great day personally yesterday. Got another touchdown. If McCaffrey keeps playing like this, I mean, I know we're in week eight and he's only really come into the last few weeks. Jesus, I mean, let's see what happens. Jimmy Garoppolo column, um, you have to give him some credit yesterday, yeah? So, some, just, just, just a little so, bit. He, some, he oh, well. sure. You, you, but, uh, <laughs> you win with Jimmy, you don't win because of Jimmy. And you know what? If that, and that, that, that could be the, the dynamic changing factor, as you said there. Bringing in CMC, and having Jimmy there, that could be what they needed the whole time. So it could make the NFC a bit more interesting down the stretch, please God, because we're, we're going to need it at the minute. So if you have the Eagles, the Cowboys, um, and the Niners as sort of the standouts at the minute, take that and we'll build it in a few weeks. Um, massive pressure from the Rams, uh, sorry, from the Niners defense on Stafford in the second half yesterday. He only went five for, five for 12 for 37 yards passing in the second half. That is... Uh, not bueno, to say the least. I mean, that's shocking. But sure. He's a Super Bowl champion, so we, we can't really say much at the moment. Um, right. Big game for the Niners there. Let's look at the Jets. Um, was I the only lad that picked the Patriots? Um, yes, you you were uh, the only Mark, one. Mark to... didn't pick the Patriots because I wasn't no, on the show yet. No, he uh, he uh, he begged for absolution and everything, but no, he he did not uh, pick wow. the um. And and yeah, it was I mean, look, this is a this is a game where ultimately, I mean, the jet. This is one of the ones that um the the Packers what was a little bit like this in terms of. The Jets won almost every aspect of the game, except for the the QB battle, and that's a problem. Like the the Jets were really good in a, a significant number of aspects of, of, of the game, and the PFF rankings for the Jets that has their defense as the best defense in um the league i mean i know people will will certainly argue with that but you would have to say the jets defense has been absolutely phenomenal it has their offenses 32nd and a lot of that is because of Brees hall's injury but the the reality is, is is zach wilson is massively struggling um the the interceptions yesterday were awful and he really really struggles under pressure uh the now salah has come out and has said um, that Wilson will play for the entirety of the year and they are sticking with him no matter kind of what happens and the injury is the only thing that would um, see him sit. 
And I think that's probably what they have to do is, is just see what, what they can do. But you'd have to say that they have tried to put the, the weapons around him. We know that there is some unhappiness there uh, in the in the camp and uh, the Elijah Moore was making his feelings known. So they have a, a big game coming up against the, the Bills next week. They were they were really up for, for this game. Dan Houses. Oh, this this was a big game for them. They were up for a big time. They were. And and so it's 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 a I think it's it's a really disappointing loss for them because then Dan Houses said this this is more than a game, this is an exorcism. And then ultimately they they fall short and Bill Belichick becomes the second winningest coach in NFL history. This guy took my line. I had it sitting here, but uh, I'll I'll go with the numbers. Three hundred and twenty-five all-time wins. Uh, congratulations, Billy, Billy, Billy. Uh, Don Shula is still in front with three hundred and forty-seven, so he needs twenty. He needs twenty-three more wins. There's my uh, GCSE maths, which I had to repeat. Going in there to to overtake Don Shula. Do you think he'll do it? I, th- I think I think he'll do it. Like he, I I think he'll literally um, wait and what three years. Yeah, he he's he he has said now, like in the past, he regretted kind of because he had said he wouldn't be coaching into his seventies, and he has spoken recently that he regrets saying that, and he feels he has plenty more time left in him. So, who knows? Who knows? He might well chase down that record. Um, guy that didn't have a great day yesterday, Sauce Gardner, uh, had one yard allowed, two tackles for loss, forty-five cover snaps. He was. Uh, Pretty much put to bed last night against the Patriots. Um, but the Patriots, look, you, you have to give it to the Patriots, Colm. They, well, again, I, I haven't been on this broadcast since the Monday night because of last week and stuff. Um, I mean, the Bears took them to school last week in at home in New England when everybody expected the Bears to completely fold. And fair play to the Bears for doing it. Zach Wilson... 20 of 41 and still at 355 passing yards in the day. He needs to find a way to clean that up. A bit more consistency. You get the 25, 26 and cut the interceptions. You have to give him time. And, and Salah is completely right to give him. Like, he has to be given a couple of seasons. As you've said, man, he's a time calling. You have to give people time. And uh, it's very important to do that. But. Um, yeah, I I can see why the Jets or the Jets fans are, are disappointed. You know, like they it's been a long time, and um, and I think the expectation was, you know, let's go in, let's beat the Patriots, and let's go a few more games in front of them. Now they're only one game ahead. They're, they're only one game ahead of them now, so it's going to be intriguing over the next few weeks to see. And um, as you said, they're playing the Bills next week. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, a fun game, and we'll talk about the Bills in a wee bit. And um, right. Excuse me. The next game we're going to talk about is uh, the Seattle Seahawks defeating the New York Giants. Um, shout out to Brian who is on his Holly Bobs, I think. I think enjoy uh, Center Parks or wherever you're going. I'm just putting that in there for the crack. Column. Um, interesting game. This. I mean, <laughs> when we say special team errors, we have a spe- like capital S. Capital T, but a capital E R R O R S. Talk about errors. Seattle moved to five and three. Um, have the Giants reached the end of the road? Do you think, in terms of this run, or do you think it's just one minor blip? We had this conversation at Wembley last night. Um. Well, look, I, they they were they were always going to hit uh, an, another bump in the road, and I'm I not surprised that they uh, lost to. Um, the the Seahawks. I think the in in terms of the end of the road, their next two games, Michael, are against the Texans and the Lions. So I I would say no. Um, they 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 have not hit the the end end of the road. Um, as as yet, certainly their um you know their their run in still features. I think games that they will consider that they're in with a shot. They have to to play the Commanders twice. Um, and they have the the Colts as well. Some very tough games, obviously, against the, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Eagles. We, we we had this conversation last night, even with a Giants fan who I'll, I'll say unnamed. He was he, he was around there as well. This whole defense, though, the energy they're given, they can't keep this up, can they? For from like they, their their offense outside of Barkley, Jones has improved a bit. Don't get me wrong, but their defense has carried them through the first few weeks of the season. 
Like, let, let's be fair here. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, no, it has. But but remember, like, this is year one of um, Brian Dable coming in, and this was... I, he's done an amazing yeah. job. Yeah. But if you were to... If you said to me right now, who's going to win Giants-Texans, I'd pick the, the, the Giants. And if you said to me, who's going to win Giants-Lions, I'm going to pick the... The, the Giants, and if they have eight wins, like if, if you said to, yeah. to the Giants that um, at the start of the season, eight wins, I think most Giants fans would have been delighted. So it'll be interesting to see. But the, uh, to me, this was about the, the Seahawks, do, you know, finding a way to win again. Um, and Tyler Lockett, obviously, coming back and he had a couple of mistakes, but he comes up big when needed. Look, Gino continues to be very impressive um and ultimately the the seahawks are tightening up on defense they are they were really really bad at the start of the season but they have tightened that up not the best day for daniel jones passing wise uh but it just wasn't it just wasn't their day um i agree with you you know if they can get to eight and two they're, they're making the playoffs and well as it stands they are there's no real if you're looking at the wild card in terms of the NFCs, it's, it's a pity for the Giants that they're in that division because you're looking at the Eagles. I mean, and we can talk about the Eagles in a bit, but Jesus, how many, how many wins are, like, how many wins are, are they going to get? I mean, it's week nine next week and they're still unbeaten. I mean, this is scary biscuits sort of situation if you're a Cowboys or Giants fan. Um, I really, I, I really like Kenneth Walker yesterday, but I'm, I'm excited to watch the Seattle team in Munich in two weeks. Um, and I think the bye after that is coming at the right time for them. Gino gets a week off. He's looked great. I mean, we've seen it ourselves against our team week one. Has your, has your opinion changed in Pete Carroll much? Because uh, as a leader. Because oh, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I apologize to Pete Carroll publicly on this show last week. Did um, you? Where, yes, I did. And it's not about USC, but absolutely about doubting him this season because what he has done with that roster and everything that that was said um, has been incredibly impressive. They I thought we talked about coalescing around like Gino and every, yeah, I know I've been I've been enormously impressed. And their draft, they absolutely knocked it out of the park. The, every one of their rookies has been contributing from the off and contributing massively. And you mentioned Kenneth Walker uh, there. Yeah, he's been brilliant. I've been impressed with Picard as a leader. I didn't know what to think of him after the trade of Wilson. I didn't know what to think of him after the whole situation in week one and it was like a Super Bowl in Seattle. But Seattle had been great through the weeks. I was talking to Cliff Averill a few weeks ago and he was talking about what he was really like in, in the dressing room. And then we seen him speak to Tyler Lockett yesterday and it just seems that the team has a lot of respect for him. And I to, to take that team now where he currently has them. Look, for, I, I, I'll give you an example. If the Giants were to start faltering a bit, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying hypothetically, say the Giants lost the next two games and then they did you know, have, have a bit of an issue over the next couple of months. If Carl keeps winning with that team and they continue to improve with Geno Smith and you can see that offense progress, Carl could be up there with a discussion in terms of his performance at the end of the year. I, I think he's done a, a stellar job so far. But uh, shout out to all the Seahawks and Giants fans. Hope you enjoyed the game and uh, bring on week nine. Um, right, we're gonna. I'm, I'm just changing the order here. Going to talk about the Eagles column. Um, we were about to get a taxi last night, and I said, "Well, we can watch Game Pass." Game Pass was down. Shout out to Game Pass. They fixed the issues. All good. So we couldn't see it anyway. Um, so we got the train and we missed everything. Got out of the train. AJ Brown had three passing touchdowns. I mean, that is unbelievable. He, he is unreal. But more than that, and you said this at the start of the year, the evolution of Jalen Hurts in this offense, are they unstoppable as it stands? They're not, nobody, nobody is unstoppable. And let's, uh, let's remember that there have been other teams that have had winning records. But I, I really like this Eagles team. I've you know, talked about that at the, the start of the year. I don't think there's an obvious flaw for me um, on, on, on the roster. I think there are teams that have you know, perhaps more talented players, but I think you would struggle to find a better, more cohesive team. 
I what I love about Jalen Hurts is he knows exactly who he is as a QB. He doesn't try to be something that he's not. And his leadership and the way in which those guys respond to him um, is, is fantastic. They have uh, contingency pa- plans in place for most injuries. Obviously, you know, if you lose, you know, really top players, that's always, always going to hurt you and say, you know, if Hurts went down, that would be, a, the, you know, where do you go from there? But uh, as it stands, this Eagles team are doing, you can only beat what's in front of you. And they're, they're, they're doing it well. Yeah, yesterday, AJ Brown was absolutely fantastic. Um, Hurts was really good a- again. And they, you know, they, they, they can just keep keep rolling on. And I think they have... The only concern, I suppose, um, for the Eagles is as long as complacency doesn't uh, um, creep in. But I think in Hertz and Sirianni, they have uh, a couple of guys who are going to keep them on track. And yeah, they are... Uh, for. I think uh, as we sit here right now, at the end of October, very beginning of November, the Eagles absolutely aim should be to have that number one seed and lock that up as early as possible over Kenny Pickett uh, in the pre-game yesterday a guy that we've been very very fortunate to bring on to this broadcast previously uh, Coach Bill Carr uh, called out the Steelers for how they're handling Kenny Pickett's um, it's just it's just a scheme you know it just doesn't I actually feel a bit sorry for him um, it seems like they've put all the weight on him and he's a rookie. It's like bringing someone in. It's like bringing somebody into a new job and going, "Hey, here's fifteen people's pieces of work to do. You've got two weeks. Get it done. Like all these tasks." And um, he just doesn't look comfortable. And I know that can change over time when he's given more opportunities and honestly, probably less of a workload. And I, I, I get that it's the NFL, and I get that he has to do certain things. But the reality is. He's been expected to do too much at the minute, and if you're expected to do if you're expected to do too much, then that's not good. I mean, like, look, in any game that he has played from the start of the game to the finish, he has averaged around um, forty five attempts per game. This is a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Do you think that's a bit much? Yeah, it is, and and. The, the Steelers have a, but the Steelers' issue is not Kenny Pickett right now. The Steelers' issue is Najee Harris, who has been awful. Um, Najee, well, we there were big expectations on him coming into yeah. the the season, and he has not delivered in in any way, shape, or form. And I, I think that's what the the Steelers have got to figure out. I I think I I. For me, when I when I look at it, I suppose in terms of we we don't know again, right? What uh, Pickett is, but you have you have to go with it because Trubisky ain't it. I what I really liked was Mike Tomlin coming off the field, not not yesterday, but the the one before. It was a prime time game. Pickett had a really poor, and he just told him, you know, there'll be better days. Keep your, keep your head up, and that's that's all you can do for your rookie QB. Yeah, I think the Steelers, in some ways, they, they do need to, to do more. He took a couple of really late hits against Buffalo, one to the head, one a low hit, and there was only one time where his O-line guy really got in um, the Bills' faces. I would have liked to see his entire team pile in at that point um, and back him up. So to me, I, I think, much like the Jets, the Steelers need to plow on with Kenny Pickett this year, see what yeah, you have in him. Um, but they need to find ways to get, you know, their their big name players, the likes of Najee Harris, um, the likes of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, get them more involved. It, it, I, I agree that they're putting too much on Pickett. He he's a young guy. He's played. He's what four starts at this point. Um, is it even four starts? And it can't all be on him, certainly. Um, but it is. It's going to be. You you would fear for the the Steelers as good a coach as Tomlin is. It could be a long year in Pittsburgh. Do you have trick or treaters at your door, Colin? 
I, no? Okay. That, that, <laughs> is, guess, Michael, guess... that is the fireworks that you are hearing. We are, oh, okay. jet, we are coming up to six solid hours, and that, that's, how, that's how loud they are, that they sound like the, they're knocking on my door. Here, look, fireworks license high. That's all you need. I've got fond memories ahead in Amityville as a child and getting fireworks. Fireworks in Miami last night. Um, fireworks with the Miami Dolphins last night. My uh, dear colleague, Mr. Simon Clancy, said this was Tua's best game. Uh, exemplary performance. 29 of 36. 382 yards. Three touchdowns on the day. Jesus wept calling Tyreek Hill at 188 yards. And didn't have a touchdown on 12 attempts. <laughs> like, if they can just get to the wild card, right? If they can get to the wild card, right? I I am starting to I'm starting to think on their day, Hill and Waddle cannot be covered at the same time. That offense on form is the best offense in the league on its day. And they showed it last night with 31 points. They, they get out against the Lions. Um, Lions starting to really struggle, Colin. You know, they, they, they've, they've, had, they've had struggles every week through the season. But, you know, I think we expected more of a 1-6 start for the Lions. And I think it's disappointing for, for Lions fans. Disappointing for their coach. But, uh, man, look, the Dolphins. Dolphins comfortably, you know, march out of the minute 5-3, keeping quiet in the AFC. Um, they'll want to get another run together after a couple of barn weeks with the whole concussion situation. But Tua looks... To look sweet, Osma. Uh, yeah, I know. Look, offensively, they're really impressive, and I know Keith has, has mentioned there that uh, receive the combined receiving yards for Hill, Hill and Waddle, um, but and one six eight eight, which is actually the highest combined total uh, between uh, your top two receivers in the Super Bowl era, which tells you how they are performing. So I would say if if Tyreek Hill keeps this up. Uh, Chris McCaffrey might well have a rival for Offensive Player of the Year because he has what been... What about one? Do you think Saquon is a shout? Saquon has a shout. Um, there's, I still think there's a long way to go. And, you know, the, the back end of the season following the bye will be massively important. But, uh, yeah, I would say those those three guys. And, hey, the, the Chiefs had a bye. And at this point in time, nobody has as many receiving touchdowns as Travis Kelsey. So it's funny. He, he's kind of, because we expect so much of, of Kelsey, he's flying under the radar a little bit. But it's so subjective as well, isn't it? Like it's so subjective. Uh, yes. No, of course, of course it is um, to, to an extent. Now it might be that as we go through the season, it will become um, more evident and, Cooper Cup had the triple crown last year, which, you know, um, you, you can see why. So, I, look, I think it'll be interesting. But the fact, the speed that Hill and Waddle bring is it's terrifying for defences. It will be interesting to see what the Dolphins might do at the trade deadline. They seem to be talked about as... Um, you know, contenders for a, a couple of different players. I think they maybe expect to make a playoff push and they're kind of gearing up for that. Um, if, if people haven't seen it, there was a, an interesting clip of Mike McDaniel on the sideline yesterday, um, you know, sort of telling his coordinators to get the penalty sorted because the Dolphins didn't get off to the best start, um, but they got it cleaned up. And yeah, for the Lions... Um, we mentioned this uh, over the past few weeks on on the show. They're not where they want to be. They flash, right? And offensively, sometimes they're great. But defensively, they've made a change today. They've sacked their um, D-backs coach, I suppose, in the hope of making a change. But I, at no point, I think, when the Lions are up, does it feel that you know they're definitely going to hold on to a lead and... It, it's an, an issue and the feel good factor around Dan Campbell and everything that went with it. If they don't start to get a few wins in the next few weeks. Yeah, that will, that'll, it, cause it's already beginning, you know, to dissipate that will completely evaporate. I think they play the bears next week. So um, that's Miami. That is, um, I've seen the comment from Keith. Thank you, Keith. And for people on the podcast, a uh, column is uh, letting off bangers. In, in the garden and I will try to remove the noise probably won't work but sure it's a bit of crack at the end of the day it's a one-off for Halloween call it's a good crack right um, you actually set that comment up beautifully about you know teams under pressure 
by God, the Colts are under pressure. Did you hear that crowd last night at the end of the game? The booze. Oof. Now, we have been very fortunate, and we've, we've dealt with the Colts um, on this broadcast previously in, in, in the off-season. We've had the GM on, and the Colts have been great to deal with. GM is, is brilliant. Cannot say a bad word about the team at all uh, in terms of that sense. They're not doing well, Colin. And the, the manner in which they lost at the end. Um, wow. Commanders 4-4. Four and four. Commanders are 4-4. Four and four. Mm-hmm. Ex- Explain to me uh, what, is going to, what is going wrong in Indianapolis. Like, having, like, the fact that Ryan is now gone, he's benched. That's a complete mm. show. Jonathan Taylor had 76 yards, but below him, there was nothing else going there. And Pierce was the highest highest receiver at 65 yards on three attempts Taylor Heineke you can't not like Taylor Heineke the guy just is fun scary Terry let it up for Halloween and uh, it, it, for a neutral it was a great game like I really loved the end of it um, there's more fireworks going off I am del- I, I am glad though that people are getting a sense of what it what it has been like and what it is like for uh, for children and dogs uh, in, uh, in in North Dublin I, I forgot you had a dog and I've been laughing they, and I now apologise right. I, I they're, apologize. they're not they're not the crazy thing they're not even like directly at the house it's just the, the size of the fireworks but yes halloween scary terry fitting that he came up with it and an indianapolis native and uh, made his feelings clear at the end of the or after that that grab right at the the end um i think the the qb situation that's the issue for the Colts, right and the gm and the head coach have been trying to deal with that ever since andrew luck moved on it's just been a conveyor belt i will say though in, in terms of moving on from matt ryan you know the the guy come you know the, he comes in and there's no there's no change so it wasn't like Matt Ryan like moving on wasn't an issue that wasn't what cost the the Colts what's been an issue for the Colts to me is the O line and they have some of the highest paid O line players in the league and they it's been a disaster an and and, and they, it was brought up all summer in training camp they kept saying it to them or oh, is your O line ready do you think this O line is ready. And like, well, they were sort of brushed under. And now look at it now. Like, I mean, the season is gone for them, surely. Yep. Well, I mean, look, you, you never know. But you can't look at it and say with any confidence, right, that the, the Colts, um, you would expect the, the Colts to win the division. They're, they're not that far back, so theoretically they could. But you can't magically fix your O-line. So unless they are going to you know, make an unexpected trade out of nowhere. Um, and that would be very difficult given the draft capital that they have to, to bring in an O-line piece. It, it's difficult to know. I thought Frank Reich did, um, did a, you know, reasonably well outside of the the call on the, the goal line. Um, but overall, I think Reich did okay with what he had available. But the Colts, and I'm sure their owner will look at it and will be enormously disappointed. But ultimately, it's going to come down. They've decided to run with this QB. They want to see what they have. But it's tough to say that, you know, unless he really, really shows out in the second half of the season, is this going to be another offseason where the Colts make a move for a QB? You know, what what will happen there? We talked a little bit, We'll um, you know, Derek Carr's contract with the Raiders was really, it was a three-year extension, but really it was only a one-year extension. Could he, could he potentially um, be available in the off-season and could that be something that the Colts might look at? Going from one quarterback to another, um, my guy Kirk yesterday looked good. He's a dual threat call. The guy, Kirk Cousins, yesterday is just, like, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, he had pretty standard enough stats that if you watch the game back he looked he looked really really good in that first half uh well he didn't score enough points but he looked a lot he looked a lot more comfortable My, the question that i'm trying to get to here is are the vikings good value at six and one in the nfc do you think that they could make a, a push and if they did get to like the last four teams in the NFC, do you think they are good value because they, they seem like even a six and one that 
I'm still not convinced, which is funny. Kyler Murray um, yesterday put up 326 passing yards with two interceptions. I mean, you can't. Like, people are giving Zach Wilson go for having three interceptions. Zach Wilson had more passing yards than Kyler Murray yesterday, albeit a, uh, Kyler Murray had a few more completions. DeAndre Hopkins leading the day on 160 receiving yards. Um, it just wasn't the beat. Cardinals falling to three and five. The NFC West is so like mehy right now. It's like, oh, does anybody want to win it? Each week it's like a different situation. I mean, for now, for me, it seems like the Niners are going to be probably up there. But um, this was a bit of a weird game. A slow start to the game, Colin. Not that many scores. I think it was um, 14-10 at halftime. So it was slow enough in regards to some of the other games. But then it exploded in the second half. What's your thoughts on this Vikings team? Do you think they're good value six and one? I think they should win their division, certainly. I mean, they have, don't get me wrong, they have a couple of um, really tough games co- coming up. You may talked about the Commanders a while ago on Heineke. The Commanders always seem to stick around. Um, they have to play the Bills and the Cowboys. Um, they, but, you know, they have the Lions the, and the Colts on, on the schedule as well. I think for them, looking around the rest of the division, they would expect to to win it. So what record can they finish with? And once you're in the playoffs, you never know, especially when you have a player like Justin Jefferson. But ultimately, you know, um, Mark Cockrell has said it on, on the show time and time again, you don't know what you're going to get with the Vikings. And the Vikings have, remember the uh, miracle in Minneapolis and the Case Keenum season. So the Vikings have done it with, I think, less talented QBs. But can you can you trust the Vikings? No. But when you look around, Michael, you know, there, there's a, I, I pose a question to you. When you look around the rest of the NFC, who who out the Eagles obviously are you know the top the the top team, right? And the the 49ers defense and the Cowboys defense are legit. And that would be the the concern, I think, for the Vikings, that if you ran into one of them on the wrong day, that's where they could get caught out. But around the rest of it, like depending on how the path worked out, could they find themselves in a championship game? Absolutely. I agree. There's no other team in the NFC at the minute that stands out at all. The Rams look too far back. There's a lot of talk at the start of the year and they made a bit of a slow start. Like, well, give them a few weeks, they'll get up to speed. They haven't got up to speed yet. And we're going into week nine this weekend. Um, Gino and the Seahawks? Yeah, I, I think I think Gino and the Seahawks could could certainly make a, a playoff playoff push. I mean, again, once you once you're there, you you never know. Um it's difficult when you're on the road in the playoffs that but um, nothing, nothing is impossible, and the Seahawks will be bolstered by the fact that you know they have a very experienced head coach. The worry for the the Seahawks is that as as good as they've been playing, as impressive as the rookies have been, and, and we've talked about that. A couple of injuries could make the Seahawks, in particular, like they they have really good starters. A couple of of, of injuries could and and like. When they lost Penny, they had Walker to to come in, and that was great. But like, if they were to get some injuries on the O line or some or or that, that's where. Or if Metcalf, I mean, Metcalf came back. Like that was something we probably didn't touch on. How quickly he came back? That was crazy. It was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Let's get a quick quick fire in before we give our picks for Monday. There's a game tonight, call. There's a comment somebody said, "Here we go, brownies. Here we go, woof woof." Um, so there you go they're playing we'll talk about them in a wee second uh, I'll very quickly talk about the Raiders game going up against the Saints and by Jesus yesterday was a bad day for the Raiders column um, Broncos winning in London Broncos been struggling talked that Hackett was going to be fired if he didn't win now the Raiders are sitting 2-5 and five in the West in what was supposed to be the best division of football and they couldn't put up a point against the Saints the Saints with Andy Dalton at quarterback and I'm going to leave that there and we can have a proper conversation on that when we're all here you're you're going to mention or talk about uh, the Titans last night beating the Texans uh, Derek Henry uh, and Malik Willis not bad I 
Henry was this was the the, Der- the Derrick Henry show. Um, Willis obviously lucky third third round QB. Um, they they did they did enough, and for the Texans, Davis Mills hasn't made made the leap that it was unlikely. But I think that was potentially what it was about. We're hearing talk they might look to move Brandon Cooks on. Um, they've made some changes in the front office. I think for the Texans, this is all about probably the draft and realistically they're going to be getting a new QB and it's going to be a new era, I think, in Houston um, next year. Uh, for me, I'll talk about the Cowboys and the Bears. First off in the Bears, and again, I said it, I said it previously, fair play to the Bears going into New England when nobody gave them a help in hell on Monday night last week. They go into Dallas and put up 29 points, albeit they let in 49. Offensively, 29 points in Dallas. You can't really ask much more of a guy like Justin Fields in that, to be fair. Really decent stats. 17 is 23, 150 yards, two passing touchdowns, and then 60 yards rush with, with a rushing touchdown. <laughs> I'll happily jump on the Justin Fields hype train if that's if that's the way it's going to go. Um, obviously, I think they're... I mean, look... <laughs> They were always going to struggle to get anything more than 29 to 35, 36 points. But Darnell Mooney was the lead receiver on the day. You need to get more out of David Montgomery. Sorry, in Kilhara, I know David Montgomery had something there, but Cole Komet as well has had a quiet sort of few weeks there. They need to get something. The Cowboys defense is legit, as we said. Uh, and they march on 6-2. and two. I, I rate the Cowboys now, obviously, as, as the second highest team in the NFC. Um they played the Eagles at the end of November. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't know it's what day. Christmas Fred, Eve. Fred, Fred might know exactly when that get Fred, when Fred that game is. Um, I tell you what, Colin, if you're in the states, then you should be going to that game. That game was that game's gonna be a cracker high, because you know, like I I know we're gonna quick fire this, but it is very disappointing the quality of the teams in the NFC this year as a fan. It's not. It's not compa- It's not great to watch. Like, I'm sorry. It's not. I mean, well, well, in fairness, I will say that for years and years and years, the NFC absolutely bullied and bossed the uh, AFC. Uh, I, if you go go back to the '80s into um, when the Broncos beat the Packers, I think that it had been 13 years, if not more, that the NFC had won the Super Bowl. And that was um, that was it. There you go. It's it's Christmas Eve. Here, I'll do well to get the wife to put that on TV on Christmas Eve. I tell you what, that's gonna be uh, that Christmas Eve. So we've all these games on the Saturday. That's gonna be great, crack. We, we head down to the, the woolshed. No, I'll I'll be at home in Cork uh, at that point. Uh, just a, a couple of things though on the the Bears. Michael um, Roquan Smith has obviously uh, moved on to the Ravens. I think that everyone knew that was very likely to to happen that he would be traded. Um, but for the the Bears, look, it's all about next year, right? And I think they finally leaned into what Justin Fields can do. I think it's going to be really important to give Justin Fields a receiver because. The improvement has come with nobody to throw to. And, you know, year three, Josh Allen got digs. Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown. The Bears are going to have 100 million in cap space. They have to go out. And they have a huge number of draft picks. They have their first round. They have two in the, the second. They have two in the fourth and two in the fifth. Um, there's going to be a huge amount of turnover. Um for the, the Bears, but I, I do think it has taken, um, you know, a season and a half, but finally we're actually seeing design runs for Justin Fields and what a difference it makes when you actually play to your QB strings. Right, you're going to talk about the Bills. Now, I'll just say this, boogies are laughing. We, we, we have a betting show each week in case anyone's wondering. The handicap column is 10 and a half or 11 and a half. And how many points did the Bills win by? 10 wasn't it it was 10 uh, yeah 10 27 17 and I, I did say it, I, I think I said it to Brian I said it, said it to a few other boys as well I thought that you know I, I don't I know the Packers have had a poor start to the season by all standards but still 10 and a half 11, 11 and a half handicap when you've got Aaron Rodgers and then I mean Josh Allen didn't have a great second half still it was always risky to go on there 
Yeah, but it's it's quite something, isn't it? Like this was wasn't a great game for the Bills or Josh Allen. They still beat the Packers by ten. Um, that's a nice situation to be in when a bad game gives you a ten point victory. I think for the the Bills, yeah, you're going to be up and down a little bit, but winning when you're not playing well is ultimately what you endeavor to to do. Um, they, you know, Devin Singletary was the the lead back. Um, didn't quite get to the averaging the the five yards per carry that you would want. But Sevon Diggs had a monster game, and we saw him arguing um, with with Alexander for uh, for the majority of the game. Neither of them would go into what that was all about. Um, but uh, that was uh, that was interesting. Look, the Packers have now lost um, four on the the bounce. Um, there's a lot of talk whether they will look to to do something. Um, Romeo Dubes looked more, like his touchdown catch was catch. really impressive, really impressive, and and maybe he's beginning to to you know develop. Um, but the Packers have got work to do if they are to you know sort this out. Um, they're they're fortunate that the the rest of the NFC isn't that strong. Um, and, and when you consider their next game, they've got to go to the, um, Detroit. So they have to, to win that one. Because after, after that, they welcome the Cowboys to, to Lambeau. And the Cowboys, I imagine, uh, will make life pretty, pretty tough for them. And then they have the Titans. And that Titans uh, D-line is serious business. Is that and then, the Cowboys and then so it's Cowboys, Titans, Eagles. That's so they the play next the Cowboys three. in either the Munich game, yeah? Uh, yes. Oh. First world problems. Is that Sunday Night Football? No, it's not even Sunday Night Football. That is the uh, 25 past nine game. Right, that could be uh, a Steiner or whatever you call it over there sort of evening. Are you going to Munich? Have you decided yet? You gonna do? Uh, I, I, I would, I would love to go to Munich. Uh, I still haven't won the Euro Millions. If they're you, uh... no, no, you can sleep on the hotel floor. It's fine. You need a flight, Colin. And so I'm publicly calling you out here, and hopefully we'll know tomorrow. The crack, right? You, I, 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 I would, and unfortunately, uh, higher higher ed is a wonderful profession, and I enjoy working with the students. But you know, from working in education, Michael, <laughs> what it's a vocation rather than a profession. Well, as a lad previously taught before I uh, very fortunate to work in the league, I got into Belfast this morning and I said to myself, you get 15 suitcase? I could have got to school no matter what. So here, we'll, we'll see the crack. I, I know it's a different different kettle of fish when it's in Munich, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a good crack in Munich this weekend, please God. Um, Monday Night Football picks very quickly. Uh, Bengals 4-3 and three going to Cleveland, not too far away. 2-5. Uh, and five. Colm, do you know who Mark and Brian are picking? Because I haven't checked. I do. Um, they Both of those gentlemen are, are going with the Bengals. And, I, you know, again, this, look, we saw it yesterday. How many close games, how many um, kind of one-score games, games that um, come down to, to the wire? Like a couple of weeks ago, you know, Nobody would have given the Panthers a, a chance to beat the Bucks or to be competitive against the Falcons. Before the season started, nobody would have given the Falcons a chance. So I, I think it, it's it's always a, a dangerous business to think that there are going to be um, blowouts in in this league. Jamar Chase being injured is a significant blow to the the Bengals because he is um, so so explosive and. The, the Browns have, you know, at times this year, Jacoby has, has looked really good. Um, but at others, they have found ways to, to lose games that they really, really should ha- have won. Um, I am, I'm going to say that despite the uh, Jamar Chase injury, the uh, Bengals find a way to, to win. But this is a divisional matchup between two sides who, you know, don't like each other. They'll, uh, they'll be, um, I think this will be a hard, hard fought game. I think this will be one uh, really in the, the trenches. But the Bengals O-line has improved in recent weeks. Burrow has had 
more time. And we talked about it before, the move to the shotgun rather than playing everything under center has proven a wise decision um, and a, a change that Zach Taylor and the Bengals really needed to make. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the, the Bengals to, to squeak it. Um, after watching the game tape of Burrow last week, I think this is a home run situation. Was it over 400 yards? 481 yards passing last week. I'm, I'm picking the Bengals. I, I've got like 13 games right this week. I'm just going to go straight in and say I'm picking the Bengals. And I, I like I, I, he's playing with a lot more confidence. I think I think that's the key thing here. And of course, you're always going to miss somebody like Jamar Chase, but you still got Joe Mixon. You still got Tyler Boyd. You still got, you still got that defense. No, the, the Bengals win this game by 10 and a half on the handicap. There you go. So 11 points. Uh, they win the game by tonight. Um, Colm, just uh, obviously a big thanks to everyone that um, maybe stopped over the last few days, spoke to us. Uh, again, a few people were chatting to me this morning in Belfast and fair play, chatting to me at half five in the morning. I, you got you done well to get a few things out of me, fair, fair play. Uh, were, were you a celebrity, Colm, in, in the airport last night? Uh, there were there. I would I will say that um, there were a, a huge number of Arsenal fans in the the airport uh, last them. night. Um, more more Arsenal fans than um, Bronco or Jags fans. Um, just before we go, Michael, um, I, I, there was one question as to whether the. Um, Cowboys will make a trade for a wide receiver. I think that's probably Ooh. one to keep an eye on because I think given their record of where they are and the strength of the rest of the NFC, that is one I certainly, if, if I was Jerry Jones and I was looking at it, I'd see what, what was out there. Um, I think there there might well be um, a number of trades that go through just before the deadline. Um, so let's see obviously Bradley Chubb seems to be the the big kind of talking point at the moment but the Cowboys getting a wide receiver yeah I wouldn't be at all surprised let's see what happens let's see what happens we'll be back um on Wednesday night at yes at half 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 nine and then we're back on Thursday two guests podcast up in about half an hour Uh, thanks for joining us again folks please like subscribe have a great Monday night good luck